<laughs> Welcome to Geek News this morning. I'm your host, the Geek Two Podcast. Got Joe at Driven Wild over there, and out in Texas, Steve Levinsky. What's going on, guys? Hey, guys. Morning. So Morning. I don't know. I got my coffee. Yeah, I already had mine. Anybody yeah. watching? Um, say hi in the chat. Um. It's funny, Joe and I were just talking before we started the show. I was like, you know, so I take Tuesdays and Wednesdays off. So t- today, like right now, is like Monday morning for me, like the equivalent. So it's like I don't really have anything to talk about because I'm just getting over my weekend. But um, there is one thing, uh, some new business. You know, it's kind of like we're having like a, a town council meeting, like old business, new business, you know. Um, so... I don't know if you watch uh, Gig Cleveland at all. Uh, I don't think I've heard of him, actually. No. Okay. He's a um, fairly small channel, um, but he's he's still growing. Anyway, um, he did a video a few days ago talking about how uh, Cover, you know, that it's kind of like Affleck for gig workers. Uh, mm. Starts with a K, K-O-V-E-R. Yeah, it's it's just like supplemental insurance. So it's like if you're, yeah. you would pay you pay a monthly stipend, and like if you ever like were you know you could sick and couldn't work or just you know a car accident or something like that, like uh, income insurance or something. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah. Well, when they first came out like a year or two ago, it they had a, there was like a lot of shady speculation about them, and um, they just didn't seem like completely legit. So. Um, actually, a lot of gig tubers actually made videos saying it's cover a scam, and I wanted to look into it, but I just I, I tried to, but I just don't really have the resources since I'm not a professional full time journalist. Hmm. Anyway, so Gig Cleveland made a video the other day saying that uh, Cover just canceled his policy on him for like no reason, and then hmm. I saw reports of this from some other people too. So, and like I went to their website and the website looked like it was shut down and I forget how, but somehow I was still able to log in. And uh, so I just sent them an email and I said, is Cover closed or whatever? And they wrote back and said, no, we're still around. We're just at max capacity for uh, uh, clients or whatever. We can't take on any new clients. And he said, Mm -hmm. we have an automatic, we have a policy that we automatically cancel everyone, everyone's policy after 12 months. I was like, that makes no sense. Why would you cancel your clients' policies? Which me- makes it sound like they're just pocketing. Like, I-, I don't remember reading that in the terms of service. You know, like your policy. So, I don't know. I don't know if you're gonna say straight up that's a scam or that's. But that is certainly shady. So, if you guys are using Cover, by the way, they used to sponsor this podcast or this channel. When they first came remember, out, but I can't. I, I remember that. I canceled that. I canceled that uh, affiliate program a long time ago. So I haven't. I haven't got a dime from Cover in a long time. So um, if you're using Cover, um, you might want to look into that. So, um, uh, well, first off, I've never personally used their service. I don't know enough about them. And yeah, hi, Eric. Welcome to the. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, Mar the Machine, same thing. Welcome to the podcast. Um, But I've never personally used their service. I've never 
I look, I heard of them a few times for, uh, what is it? Deactivate, like deactivation insurance or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't have them before, so I didn't end up using them. And that being said, I am glad that I didn't sign up with them now because if we did end up, then, uh, if we did end up going in, if I did end up going into it, I might have lost money. And now I'm genuinely happy I did that. But also from a content creator standpoint, for GigTube, um, that also is good for other creators to know because you never know who is actually sponsoring your videos. Like, how trustworthy are these people? So be careful of who you accept a sponsor from. Otherwise, yeah. If you're you like you may be supporting somebody that may end up hurting your viewers. <laughs> or not even it may, it, it may be like um, you know, some insurance programs make you re-enroll every year. You know, like um yeah. state medic Medicaid, state Medicaid programs, you have to you have to re-enroll every year so they mm -hmm. you can tell them whether or not you've contracted some new disease. But they should give you a heads have up, like hey, have policy. you gotten married? policy is going to expire so. in a month and if you want to like yeah so, I mean, and they're like car insurances are the same way like every six months they basically tell you hey you got to renew your insurance you can sign up for auto enroll yeah and they offer that service as well however there should be some sort of notice on the subject if you're yeah. not you giving gotta, that notice i uh i reached out to you know because i've been interviewed by was it called Fast Company, CNBC, I think TechCrunch. So I still had all these reporters' emails. So I, I reached out to them and asked them if uh, maybe they should uh, cover the story. But none of them got back to me. So I guess I don't really consider it that big of a deal. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> anyway, any uh, any old business? Or should we move on to new business? Old business, <laughs> old business as far as what exactly? I How's feel like work? I haven't stopped, so things have been pretty good, I guess. <laughs> we got uh, some I've had big... a good week. Oh yeah, I, I, really? Yeah, I've had a good week. I, Which yeah, apps? I, I um shipped, shipped. I, I really, you know, yeah, I, I've had um, cut, you know customers tipping me 20 percent uh which is you know anyway i i just i had a good week so that's good I, it's kind of been down for a while but i mean i've worked all day I've, there's been plenty of work so steve you gotta check out uh the rideshare rodeo podcast because um they he was talking to um the long island dash experience on i think monday or tuesday night and they're saying they're having a lot of problems with shift and there's a lot of like shady stuff going on with them. So check out, check out the last episode of the rideshare rodeo. You can either watch it on YouTube or get the audio podcast. Well, I'm glad things are doing as well at, in your area as they are, because I know mm -hmm. that the summer slowdown is starting to approach yeah. in the food delivery industry. So grocery delivery is another opportunity you can potentially pursue during that period of time. Well, I, Joe, actually, this I is... was... sorry. Go ahead. I was ahead. um, I was watching your podcast last night, Chad, the the one from the other day, and 
you were Animal. talking about, you guys were talking about how people are making bank on Uber because people don't want to drive because of the gas. Yeah. I think that's kind of happening across the board because I don't see as many drivers or as many shoppers mm. like for groceries. I think they're having trouble, you know, yeah. get, getting people to work. So that's I, yeah, good um, because for me, I have a five O rating and so I can pick and choose. I can cherry well, pick. Not, not yeah. anymore. <laughs> We're actually, well, that's not, we'll get to that in a minute, but um, yes, yes, we can talk about that. Yeah. I actually, I wanted to ask Joe, this is your first summer in Florida or second? Uh, second summer in Florida. Okay. Does, uh, cause I was going to say, I would imagine like, you know, Instacart probably slows down in the summer, but Grub Dash Eats probably picks up from a Latouris or, uh, well, first off, this is like to be a hundred percent clear. This is my first summer in Florida as a food delivery and a grocery delivery driver. Okay. But as a food delivery driver, this is my second. Um, but overall, that you will all like that there is no real slow down time in Florida. In New York, <laughs> <laughs> you you have your seriously slow time when just when people are graduating in May all the way down until September because people actually have warm weather unlike in Florida where the 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 term cold applies at 70 at less than 70 degrees um <laughs> but for New York 70 degrees is actually very warm weather people go out people uh, they actually do outdoor dining in comparison to Florida, where you could do outdoor dining, whatever you want. And slow down season really doesn't come for more than a week or two, mm -hmm. in my experience. But it depends on the area of Florida as well. Cool. All right. Well, let's get on with the news. So this is probably the biggest news, obviously, we're leading with it. Uber and DoorDash are killing gas assistance programs for delivery drivers despite soaring costs of the pub. <sighs> Uber is ending a program that added a fuel sur surcharge for customers to help delivery drivers offset the rising cost of gas. Company plans to discontinue the 45 cent surcharge on June 15th. According to a note sent to Uber East drivers and shared with Insider, it plans to continue charging ride healing customers an extra 55 cents per ride. Uber's platform makes it easier. This is a um, uh, spokespersons from Uber saying this. Uber's platform makes it easier for drivers who have been delivering food to make the switch and start picking up and dropping off riders. Um, yeah, pay attention to that quote. Uber's a second company to kill off a fuel subsidy program. At the end of April, DoorDash told drivers it would no longer pay weekly gas bonuses for delivery workers who drove more than 100 miles in a week. Uh, both companies still have some fuel price benefit programs for drivers. Uh, they have partnered with Upside, formerly GetUpside, an app that offers cash back to offset the cost of gas. And DoorDash extended its debit card program that gives drivers cash back when they use the car at the pump. And this goes on, but I just wanted to re- Reread this line. Uber's platform makes it easier for drivers who have been delivering food to make this switch and start picking up and dropping off riders. So Uber is canceling the fuel assistance for Uber Eats drivers in a way to try to strong arm them to start doing rideshare rides. At least that seems that's my interpretation. What do you guys think? That's a nudge. It's that a is a gentle nudge. I don't <laughs> think it's going to work because 
I think we've all yeah for gap Eric gases 470 there in Pennsylvania in Western Pennsylvania and Ooh. I can definitely see how uh losing that extra income with the gas program can actually hurt but that being said most people go from rideshare to food delivery not the other way around yeah um, exactly because it's just overall more lucrative and you don't have to be as conscientious as a driver for ha being a rideshare driver. I mean, being a food delivery driver as opposed to a rideshare driver. Because I'll tell you what, I drive completely differently mm. when I am driving with a person in my car as opposed to with like delivering a box or a bag to a person. And that's yeah. like, and I think a lot of people are noticing that and that overall slowdown in driving can end up meaning you are not doing as many orders, which will in turn lead to a lower income. This is, it's, it's kind of sad though, because it's only, it's 55 cent per ride, not per mile. So it doesn't matter the the riders going two blocks or a hundred miles, you're only getting 55 cent fuel surcharge. So yeah, to me, this is like thanks for nothing, Uber. Well, that it also changed it. I'm sure. I'm sure drivers were gaming that. I mean, that's all people do here is game whatever promotion or you know, I don't take know. as many short rides how... and stack that instead of long ones for fifty five cents. Well, that's something that food delivery drivers tend to do anyway. They prefer the shorter rides on mm -hmm. Uber Eats as opposed to the longer ones, just because they're. <laughs> more financial like platforms. it makes more sense financially mm -hmm. it um, doesn't. but the other point what was the other point that was made about that subject it was about the hundred dollar the hundred the hundred mile the hundred mile yeah I, oh yeah I, I didn't use that so it doesn't really affect me but it's you know it makes me think like as we've been covering for the last months you know um gig economy is slowing down in general and these companies just don't have the money that, to spend as they used to so they're cutting anywhere they can and you know getting rid of these little gas incentive things here and there is you know it's going to save them money in the long run yeah and for the most part the whole for on the doordash side the only thing that they did outside of that uh 100 mile gas program was uh Dash your direct or something like that, where mm -hmm. you can have your money deposited into there. But most of the time, people would just prefer to use a credit card and earn cash back that way and actually build their credit score because it's impossible to do as a gig worker overall to build your credit score without actually putting in the transactions mm -hmm. because. Let's be honest, the our system does not exactly support gig workers at the moment. Um so be be the credit, opportunity credit cost scores? of not what? Credit scores. So if you've ever yeah, sure. if you Go ever ahead. applied for a credit card or a loan as a gig worker, full-time gig worker, nothing else, you have to put you have to tell people. 
you have to tell them what you're classified as, what you do for work, et cetera, et cetera. And banks are having a hard time classifying gig workers because they don't even know what to put them under and their income can fluctuate rapidly. And it's not like there's a whole lot of receipts that they can work with because, well, they're just going by whatever DoorDash says. Um, not to mention you're not working a salary job or anything like that. And in a recessionary time where you basically need an 800 credit score in order to do anything, <laughs> um, it's hard to well, actually get approved for a credit card and build so your credit score. I have a whole section on this in my book, Shop Like <laughs> a Pro, How to Be a Delivery Driver for Instacart and Shipped. I've been self-employed for years, even before the gig stuff. And so there are there's there's a whole way to navigate that. But you know, that's that's a different rabbit hole. I, yeah, let's uh let's move on. I think we beat this one to death. So yeah, we have uh, some in interesting Instacart news. Which every time Instacart does stuff like this, I'm always like, why are you just now rolling this out? Anyway, Instacart updates its customer rating system, rolls out new features for shoppers. Instacart announced today that it's introducing a revamped customer rating system that is designed to be more informative and fair to shoppers on its platform. The company will now remove a rating if it's from a customer who consistently rates their shoppers below five stars. Instacart is also going to forgive more ratings for reasons that may be outside of shoppers' control. That's what they said years ago. Shoppers will now also just need to maintain 4.7 or above. Four, by the way, if you have a 4.7 rating, you're terrible. Uh, <laughs> to get prioritization for batches, which is a term Instacart used to describe delivery jobs that include one or more orders at a specific store. Actually, now you can get multiple orders from multiple stores on one batch. Uh, prior to this change, the prioritization of batches was based on having the highest rating possible. Instacart notes that a few low ratings shouldn't have a significant impact on a shopper's access to batches, yeah, ideally. Shoppers will also now be notified when they are close enough to a store location to see available batches. When a shopper enters a store's designated vicinity, they'll be notified that they are ideally situated if they can expect to see batches from this retail location in the near future. Shoppers may also see other recommended store locations nearby that have a higher batch availability. Lastly, Instacart will now solicit batch-level feedback after each batch shoppers complete, shoppers can share if they had an issue with a customer and would no longer be like to be paired with them in the future. If a shopper had a rude customer, they can choose to block them. Well, I will say thanks Instacart for doing this. We could have used these features years ago. Um, I mean, but I will say it's it's anything that they can do except raise the <laughs> except raise the pay, mm. you know. So, I mean, I'll take the victory where I can get it. And I will say, you know, they mentioned the, like the, when you're in the vicinity of a store, I have been getting something like that on my app for a week or two now. It'll say, go to Publix at Reinhardt Road. And actually they've been having these promos where like that one specific store, it'll say, get an extra $2 per batch at this specific store. And it's kind of like, um, this, is, this is, again, this is an idea I had years ago, which, um, well, neither of you guys do ride share as far as I know, but um, maybe like you're probably familiar with like how Uber and Lyft have like airport queues and yeah. like, there's usually like a, there's like a parking lot or parking garage. If you're an Uber or Lyft driver mm -hmm. and you'll actually see, actually I'll show it on, on my map. Um, if I can show this without revealing where I live. So there is an airport right down the road from where I live. All right, here we go. Hopefully this will show up on camera. All right, so this is my Uber driver app, and you can see where it says right here, SFB staging lot. 
Yeah. And it's like a, uh, it's like a, what they call a geofence. So if you park in this area, then you'll be in queue to pick up uh, riders at the airport right down the road from me. And so this is like the, what it, they're talking about with Instacart is, a, you know, more or less a take on this. Mm. Although they said that they're they're going to update the uh, like the shopper screen or whatever. This hasn't it hasn't changed for me. So Instacart shopper since May yep. 2018, mm. 3,227 orders. I'm at 4.98. I, I mean, I hardly I don't do Instacart as much as I used to. So there isn't a whole lot on here. Yeah, turn your brightness down. I'm 2017. <laughs> Pretty sure mine oh. says 2021. And I haven't yeah, even done that many batches. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, well, you're, Steve, you're right, the, Chad. Uh, you're right, Chad. 4.7. 4.7 is a terrible rating. That's terrible. Anything, How many eggs have you broken to get to 4.7? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I feel like those like, ratings are when drivers are just not even trying to do their job properly or do the work properly. So, and what happened to the the thumbs up, thumbs down rating that they were piloting? That's I think that's a better rating system than the you know, uh, they re they're replacing yeah. they're replacing the thumbs up, thumbs down with the uh with um do you want to stop taking orders from this customer yeah Choice. the ability to block you know, customers that's the that's other part sweet. of the news yeah i feel yeah. like every app should have that regardless and, uh, of if it's grocery and everything else well actually uber and lyft have had that pretty much since the beginning because if you're an uber or lyft driver and you rate your passenger three stars or less it automatically uh blocks them can we or do that if... for food delivery please <laughs> I know. I every app, Grubdash Eats, Instacart, Corner Shop, Ships, Uber, Lyft, TaskRabbit, they they should all have two way rating systems. If the customers can rate us, we should be able to rate them. And like you know, a lot of people who use Uber and Lyft as riders, like often, they actually pay attention to their Uber and Lyft rating. And like if it's been in pop culture for like ten years now, where people make jokes about what their Uber or Lyft driver or sorry rider rating is by the way i'm a 5.0 uber rider <laughs> so um that's actually a good question what's my uber well, I, chad, chad what, what, go ahead what do you think are the unintended consequences i i wonder that about rating your customers i mean people are gonna like they're gonna start in any anything wrong or like any humiliation shoppers will turn all these customers off and they may end up they may end up with no batches yeah well survival of the fittest then <laughs> if you're i mean if you're gonna block a customer i mean it's got to be because like they tip baited you or that would basically that's probably like my only um criteria you know if somebody tip baited me they said they're gonna tip and then and they took it back i mean i could yeah. see if, if something went wrong that's an it's an instant block yeah, non somebody who is a consistent non tipper, you know, don't don't even waste my time, mm. you know, unless they're ordering like, um, sometimes like BJ's, Costco, Sam's Club, if they order enough heavy stuff, yeah. the base pay alone could be worth it. Could be, not always, but could be. Um, and that's like to Steve's point there. That's what I was going to ask: is that um, 
and also with dropping the 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 rating to 4.7 is that it's essentially just now it's just back to it does your writing doesn't now it's an open queue so this i don't, like I don't know that. i don't like i don't that. know I thought things couldn't get any worse. I also noticed that they they didn't address anything in here about going after the uh, Brazilian uh, bots, which we know exist, which we know are a problem, mm-hmm. especially at Costco. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's just anything except get those bots because Instacart is like the only platform. Well, Amazon Flex definitely has a bot problem, but it's more um, because Amazon Flex just throws everything into an open queue. It's just yeah. people have bots that just swipe it immediately. But hmm. um, and also with Amazon, they have the rewards program now, so that Amazon offers blocks to you instead of the free for all queue. Yeah. But um, yeah, Instacart, as far as I know, and although there might be a DoorDash bot, which we will talk about later in the show, so stick around for that. But hmm. um, well, I don't know. Well, I mean, tell you, if, if if Instacart does the four point seven, that means. Mm-hmm. Everybody will be seeing the same batches. You just need to be yeah. at Costco or at yeah. Kroger. And yeah. that that is a recipe for a bot free for all. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And it's just going to be, it's like I said, like it's just going to be based on that geofence thing of just, I, I kind of wish Instagram would go back to the old days of where they would assign batches to us as we're driving around. You could either accept or decline it, just like DoorDash, Grubhub, Uber. Wait, Eats. they were doing that and they took that away? Yeah, that was before yeah, COVID. They did. The freaking way. It was also because <laughs> that's because of that's because of California. My theory oh, yeah. is because California said, "Oh, if you're assigning a, a an order, they're a mm. full time employee." Yeah, it, I think AB five had a lot to do with that. California labor law. But well, that was them as a hedge against like a nationwide thing because they didn't know what other states were going to do and. Although it doesn't make sense, like, because Insta, like, you know, DoorDash doesn't just throw orders into an open queue, you know? I, think, I wouldn't like, say, like, open queue as in people are going into the app to, it, like, claim orders, but they still have, like, this delivery pool where you, like, this one order will be sent to each individual driver until it gets accepted. Mm-hmm. But that's with every good app in this point. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on. Now we got some rideshare news. This this sounds like a rerun, but I swear it's not. Lyft to pause some hiring and trim budgets, citing economic slowdown. President John Zimmer announced the measures to staff Tuesday. So I'm just going to go over this real quick. Lyft will slow hiring, reduce the budgets of some of its departments, and grant new stock options to some employees to make up for its eroding share price. Joining rival Uber and outlining cuts as investor optimism cools on tech stocks. Yeah, we said that before. Um, given the slower than expected recovery and need to accelerate leverage in business, we've made the difficult but important decision to significantly slow hiring in the US. That's President John Zimmer. He said there are no layoffs planned. Originally, I thought that there were. So it's not that they're laying off people, at least not right now. They're just really, really, really scaling back. Lift began signaling to some employees recently there will be hiring slowdowns and cutting of budgets. Lyft shares have lost more than 60% since the start of the year, more than double the decline of the NASDAQ composite index. After declining more than 15% Tuesday, Lyft shares are up less than 1.5% after our trading, after journal report about their plans. And then they just go on to the history of, you know, what's been happening with tech stocks in the last year or so. Um, yeah, not a whole lot to say about this. I thought they were actually um, going to start doing layoffs. I mean, I guess it's good that they're not, but... Lyft actually, is 
isn't Lyft one Hut. the literal one company that said they were just gonna press in harder and yeah. then they now are doubling back? I think they realize that this is not the time to press yeah. harder. Yeah, because like a week or two ago, Uber made the same announcement that they were making cutbacks, you know, and then Lyft said, No, we're gonna keep investing, and then like a week later, I guess they changed their mind. By the way, let's check the stock price. Whoa. <laughs> Lyft is down to 1665. Uber is at 2204 with DoorDash. And it's like DoorDash is 6848. How's your sprout? has been taking L's in their stock price for a while. 2516. Yeah. Everybody's down. Right. Um anybody have anything to say about this? <laughs> it's kind of I mean like dry. This is per, like this is just another sign of we are entering, if not already, in a recession or bear market. So now is not the time to be pressing in on a- advertising and things of that nature like they said they were going to. I don't know. What was it a month ago, a week ago or something to that effect? Yeah. Just a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I think. They've all been like, it's the time to really, really assess who is like, who's actually on their team, like who's actually doing their job and et cetera, et cetera, how to cut back on costs in some areas. It's really yeah. all there is to it. There's yeah. really not much else to say about it. Yeah, I think, right, well, I think Lyft is, they're going to, they're doing triage. Uh, That's what again, it is. Shout out to Rideshare Rodeo because, I mean, he's saying, like, you know, there's really no reason for Lyft to even exist. Well, not, well uh, sorry, I'm putting words in his mouth, but it's just like I, I can't imagine anyone's going to buy Lyft because Lyft. Remember we were talking about, um, uh, well, maybe not you guys, but Hannibal and I uh, were talking about uh, on the Monday night show that DoorDash said they're not g- looking to get into acquisition, which is their way of saying we're, we're not buying Lyft. And like Uber really has no use for them. I mean, so, I mean, you think that there's going to be some big like white knight savior like Amazon or Walmart that would buy Lyft, but I you, doubt it. Would they like, I don't think, is Lyft actually looking to be acquired though? I think between Lyft and Grubhub, they're both in positions where they could do better, but, uh, Tia, yeah, Uber Eats is daily sending me emails offering $30 in free food if I do one month for free. Well, I think that's, that's a, on trend. the customer end. Yeah, that's on the customer end. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure Lyft, and they can, where was they can hang in there. Lyft can pull through. They just need <laughs> to have revenues. I think and Lyft stop is spending in- money. Yeah, I think Lyft is in a rough spot because you're comparing rideshare to food delivery. And Lyft has not, at least to like on a grand scale, they do have a white label food delivery program. But Lyft has not really broken into any other spaces other than rideshare. Yeah. And they're and, pretty much only in the United States. I think, are they in Canada too? But, you know, Uber is global. Yeah, Uber's global. DoorDash is trying. Yeah. <laughs> I think they, they have Australia. They definitely did that. I don't know how well they've been working in 
uh, Europe or anything of that effect. Um, but pretty much that's really what it is. Like you gotta, like in this market, you either gotta find a way to diversify your income. And that is includes on an international scale at this point, or just get overshadowed by literally everyone else. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uber beat Lyft in every way possible. Uh, DoorDash and Uber Eats is beating Grubhub in every way possible, especially with all the L's Grubhub's have been taking recently. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of speaking of taking L's. On-demand grocery app Gorillas lays off half its office workforce, an unsustainable business or just a side effect of the tech during town? Um, I would say an unsustainable business. Uh, grocery app Gorillas, which promises to deliver, deliver goods in as quickly as 10 minutes, is laying off half of its office staff. In a press release, the company said it was letting go of roughly 300 employees from a global office workforce of 600. The company is also planning to tighten its focus on five markets that account for 90% of its revenue, UK, US, Germany, France, and the Netherlands. New suggests trouble for the fast-growing instant grocery sector over the past few years. A huge number of these services have sprung up around Europe, fueled by venture capital investments and pandemic lockdown orders. Companies all rely on the same basic infrastructure. Warehouses filled with groceries scattered throughout urban centers and armies of e-bike and scooter delivering drivers to deliver the goods. Um, many experts have warned that these services are essentially unsustainable with their gross predicted or sorry, predicated on discounted prices that have been underwritten by venture capital funds, hoping to capture what remains of the market once a few dominant players emerge. A report from the information last August suggested that one upcoming player, Joker, was losing as much as $159 on each order it delivered in the U.S. Um, so, yeah, again, this sounds like a rerun, but it's not. And this, I just wanted to put the Lyft story and the Gorilla story um, back to back. Gorillas, as far as I know... I know they're in New York City. I don't know what other cities in America they're in, but, um, and this is also why I dropped that other story. I mean, because they say it's just this, the whole model is just unsustainable. Yeah. I, I, I can, I, I think there's a way to make it, I could see on their end why you would want to have, like, and we talked about, you know, a few weeks ago, like Instacart is piloting having the warehouses. Like it's the GoPuff model. It's like GoPuff yeah. came up with this idea of you just have warehouses people that would fulfill all the orders and then drivers just drive up and you fill up your car and go make the deliveries and you come back to the warehouse instead of going from store to store to store. Um, but uh, it doesn't look like it's a, a profitable model. So we might still be uh, on this, the store to store to store model uh, for a while. The difference between gorillas and Lyft though, the, the way I see it, Uber and Lyft, rideshare, that is an old business model. We've had taxis serve taxi companies for years. Grocery delivery may not be as profitable. So I, anyway, I think Lyft can pull it out. I don't know about all these little companies that just deliver, uh, you know, food, yeah. you know, in restaurants and that. But I, Lyft will always, Lyft will always have business. Mm, we'll see. <laughs> I think because I think Lyft will have business as long as their only other competitor is Uber is pretty much Uber. I don't think like it is. I yeah. point and pick up, at, like there's a there are smaller local ones, but 
on a global scale, Lyft is really the only other competitor. Uh, Tia Uber Eats is sending me daily emails offering three dollars in food if I do a one month retrial. It's yes, just, but just talk about the customer and who cares? Okay, <laughs> um, <laughs> but she's actually been pretty good about providing value on saving money in certain areas. But um, that being said, people travel. People, people travel, you go to, and people go to all these cities and they need, they need a, you know, they're not going to rent a car. They're going to use Uber and Lyft. They'll always That's demand right. for Uber but and as Lyft. Far, you, yeah. Guys, um, guys, but you getting talk onto about the topic, we're yeah, talking about getting gorillas. To, yeah. Getting back onto yeah, the topic yeah. of gorillas. And this goes for Getter, Joker, GoPuff, and all of that. Uh, I think the real value that they're trying to express is not so much the the fact that their gigs are in a warehouse and it's just one location. Amazon has the same thing. Amazon Flex, you go to a warehouse and you pick up everything. Their value is fast grocery delivery, where in 15 minutes you can get everything from your from this warehouse to your door. Um, I know that DoorDash is actually testing that in New York City, the Dash Corp, and they're having trouble profiting in that area. And that's mm -hmm. a, a, like, and if a major company like that, DoorDash, can't even sustain that model, how do you think some of these other companies are going to do it? They're not, and that's yeah. the unfortunate truth. Exactly. Um, does it make sense to have their own storefront like a Dash Mart or anything of that effect? Yes, but I feel like that completely takes away from what the model is trying to do, which is be a delivery service. Mm -hmm. All right, well, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Are you a DoorDash delivery driver? Would you like to be safer and less stressed while driving and earn more at the same time? The Driver's Utility Helper app allows you to do just that. Create custom filters and its automated system does the work for you, automatically declining unwanted low-paying requests and accepting more profitable requests so you can focus on driving. Visit acceptordecline.com to get started today. All right, let's keep pushing on here. We got some Amazon news. It's not necessarily Amazon Flex related, but it's adjacent. All right, so nearly one in five Amazon delivery drivers suffered injuries in 2021. Study finds, um, I'll keep a pin in that. So uh, nearly one in five drivers, that's 20%, making deliveries for Amazon suffered injuries in 2021, a 40% increase from last year's injury rate, the Strategic Organizing Center said in a report released Tuesday. Now, who is... The SOC, a coalition of labor unions, including Teamsters and SEIU. So, you know, maybe you uh, take this report like with a raised eyebrow or whatever. Anyway, uh, back to it. Amazon has faced some scrutiny from labor advocates, lawmakers, and DSPs who argue the company fails to ensure driver safety in its race to provide faster and faster delivery. Delivery drivers have also complained um, that the re job requires them to meet strict production quotas, which increase the risk of injury on the job. We've talked about this before. The report found that contracted Amazon delivery drivers suffer injuries at nearly two and a half times the rate of non-Amazon delivery industry. It also found that in 2021, one in seven Amer 
uh, sorry, one in seven Amazon drivers sustain injuries that were so severe that either could not perform the regular job or are forced to miss work altogether, the report states. Amazon's last mile delivery stations, last link in Amazon's fulfillment operations before packages are delivered to customers' doorsteps are also the most dangerous type of Amazon facility with injury rates more than 40% higher than the warehouses. Um, Amazon delivery drivers commonly suffer injuries from trips, slips, and falls, strains, dog bites, vehicle accidents, and striking an object such as a fence post. So it's funny. I actually posted this article in a national, um, real Amazon flex drivers, a national group. Uh, on Facebook, about 12,000 members. And I said, I know this is about Amazon DSP drivers, but have you been injured while delivering? And so just what people wrote, yes, bit by a dog, broke my ankle, had a f nasty fall, slipped on a wet surface, fell down some stairs, twisted an ankle, was nipped by a huge dog and two gates shut on my car. Although um, if gates are closing on your car, that kind of says more about you than about the job. But Anyway, um, neither of you guys does Amazon, but just was kind of wondering what your reaction to this story was. Okay, well, first We're off, I don't do ones. Amazon yet. Let's get that <laughs> clear right now um, on the waiting list. Um, that being said, I think a lot of the challenges that they're describing are of any delivery service, not just Amazon. So... That's one point to be made right off the bat. You will face people who have dogs and you don't know if those dogs are going to be friendly or vicious. It's just a fact. Um, as, as far as slipping and fall and hurting your ankle, I, I mean, I feel like I've twisted my ankle more than enough times. I've slipped in some times and one time I ended up in New York. I was in a diner. And I was picking up an order on and in order to get into the diner, you have to go upstairs and into the diner on my way out. I ended up slipping on the stairs, ended up from the top uh, stair onto <clears throat> the second to the bottom stair on my tailbone and ended oh. up hurting Ouch. my ass, literally breaking <laughs> my ass oh. on the actual diner step. And for some like reason, I felt like there was a pain that shot like, uh, you know, those carnival games where you hit the hammer and then mm -hmm. the and you hit the bell on the freaking uh, uh, and that if you, it hits the bell at the top, that is what it felt like to hit, feel pain from my tailbone to the top of my head. Yeah, I think that's um, sciatica. Yeah, either way. Um Ouch, yeah. Uh, hot facts with Robert Reese, the boogeyman is here. Okay. Um, <laughs> welcome, Robert Reese. Um, that being said, I, is it? I think it's just a natural hazard you're going to have to well, have. The, as the point of this driver. is that Amazon drivers have a higher rate of injury than other, like FedEx, UPS, and those well, guys. I don't know if it like how much higher it can actually be. And well, they said it was 41%. But I feel like a lot of that is either unreport, like it's overly exaggerated or just un like some things in UPS and FedEx are just unreported. Like mm. it's not unheard. How would of. they know? How, how, how would the teamsters know what the, 
what the injury rate is for FedEx drivers. They don't know. Uh, I mean, they probably get it from, I mean, they, you have guessing. to like all that. That's all, that's all labor regulations. Like every single time somebody's injured, you got to fill out an injury report or at least you're supposed to. So they're probably going with like whatever it's some kind of FOIA documents or something like that. And doesn't Uber Eats and FedEx require some sort of uniform in comparison to Amazon as far well, as footwear and just overall safe, like having them take safety things and all that? Well, we're, we're, they're talking about Amazon DSP drivers, not flex drivers. So, I mean, like the, the guys who drive the blue vans, like they're take all the safety courses and all that stuff as much but as do they like ha like do they have the same like footwear as an ups driver and all that like are they required to wear that mm. i don't think so actually speaking yeah i've seen it well so you know Chad, what? i was gonna go ahead um do you feel so that it, it that's one of those articles where they talk about how all the Amazon drivers are pushed. They're they're pressed to do everything on time, and they have to cut corners and and jump over jump over uh, the curbs to get you know and, and turn around in the middle of the highway to get the right exit on time, so they're not late. Is are you under that kind of pressure when you do Amazon? No, because I'm delivering in the suburbs. <laughs> not to mention, yeah, in I... your case, like you've even said, you've been able to complete it in a four hour shift in two and a half hours yeah so maybe because the they, they way overestimate how long it's going to take to complete these routes which is fine by me so so the moral mm -hmm. of the story is if you stick with gig work you're actually going to be more safer than taking the mm -hmm. overall pressures of having a boss that is going to dock you for the well overall time not necessarily. I mean, we're out there driving and just by the fact you're on the road, you're putting yourself in harm's way much more than if you're in an office at a cubicle doing this all day. I'm you saying know. as a W2 driver as opposed to a gig work driver. Well, yeah, it's probably a, a matter of the hours, too. And just I don't know how the the big blue vans, the safety features on that. Well, actually, I think it would be safer in a big blue van than you would in my little Honda Fit, you know, because if you get into an accident with a semi or another box delivery truck or something, you know, you want to be in a bigger car if you're in a car accident. Well, it's harder to drive a bigger car. And mm -hmm. actually speaking, I can counter that point. I've been in an accident in a much bigger car and my bigger car took a lot more damage than their tiny ass Lincoln, but that's a different <laughs> point. Um, <laughs> It depends Let's, on the vehicle itself, and yeah. I do believe that it did. Like you, a lot more people are more adept at driving a normal car than a big blue van. So, yeah, it there's right, we're yeah, we're really yeah. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on. Uh, another one from Business Insider: How DoorDash and Grubhub are cracking down on the thousands of virtual brands that have flooded its apps. Now, I feel like this is a solution in search of a problem. I don't think they have much of a problem here because they say they're cracking down. DoorDash and Grubhub have set ground rules for thousands of delivery-only restaurant brands on their apps amid a growing customer appetite for food on demand during the pandemic. 
Unbeknownst to customers, most ghost kitchens prepare their menu items inside brick and mortar restaurants looking to boost sales by using their kitchens to sell items for one or two delivery only brands. DoorDash, for example, recently implemented guidelines and standards that said you have to have at least 50% differentiation on your virtual restaurant menu, said Alex Cantor, the CEO of virtual restaurant brand company NextBite at the Food on Demand conference in Vegas. During a panel discussion about virtual brands, Cantor said cracking down on virtual brands will hopefully clean up a lot of the 1,000 wings concept. He was referring to a crowded field of virtual chicken concepts such as Thigh Stop by Wingstop, Cosmic Wings by Applebee's, and It's Just Wings by Chili's. Uh, these ghost brands typically show up on delivery apps alongside chains like McDonald's, Burger King, Chipotle. Cantor uh, said these delivery provider guidelines might stop restaurants from creating virtual brands based on search engine optimization tactics. For example, a burger restaurant that sells chicken wings might create a virtual chicken wing restaurant on the delivery app to increase the chances of those menu items showing up on search results. Like they show Mr. Beast, like that's a 100% ghost kitchen. They don't have any physical locations. Um, according to a report from National Restaurant Association's State of the Industry Report, 74% of adults surveyed said it was important for their food to be delivered from a place with a physical location that was accessible to the public. And my question to this is why? <laughs> why do you care if it's made in a ghost kitchen or an actual, you know, um, walk-in restaurant? Hmm. Doris recommends venues be at least roughly 50% different from the primary restaurant concept as a general rule. Grubhub's three-year-old policy requires differentiation in virtual brands. Each virtual restaurant menu must have 15 items or more. Uber Eats told Insider it has no policy on virtual brands. We treat virtual and brick-and-mortar brands the same on Uber Eats, a spokesperson said. So again, this seems to be kind of a, a solution in search. Um, you know, it's just in the whole 74% of adults said it's important to be at a physical location. Like why? Like are people have a ghost kitchen phobia or I don't, I don't get it. Like, and also like, what's the problem? Like if you, I would think like the more brands you have on your app, like the better, there's like more, you know, capitalism, more variety, more choices, you know, but it's a ghost I'm kitchen, Chad. They'll be serving okay. zombie fries. <laughs> um, that being said, I do understand it to a point, but I and I've done many videos on this. So first off, virtual brands that have a physical location as well as a virtual location. That is things like Maggiano's Little Italy, which is owned by the parent company that owns Chili's. Uh, it's just wings and et cetera, and other restaurants. If I'm ordering from Maggiano's and I get a virtual brand of, Ma and if I order Maggiano's, I'm expecting it from Maggiano's. I'm not expecting it from a restaurant from Chili's it's completely different concept. So if I'm going to order from Chili's and expect chili quality, Chili's quality food, I'm not going to order. I'm going to order from Chili's. I'm not going to, or if I'm going to order from Maggiano's, I'm going to expect Maggiano's quality food. But if I get Maggiano's, if I'm ordering Maggiano's to get Chili's quality food, then that is completely, totally different concept. And there have been people who are very upset when that happens because it's just a completely different quality. Um, but that said, I feel like more people are upset when they find the physical location. It is not the physical location. It's the virtual brand. And they're more upset mm -hmm. about that. 
than they are about, hey, we're 100% transparent. This is a ghost kitchen. It's not a physical location. Okay, I get it. They're more concerned about the brand being exactly what it is than the brand saying it's something else, saying it's a physical location and not being the physical mm. location. I hope I made sense when I said all that. <laughs> um, what were you going to say, Steve? I don't know. I, I, I think I've, I'm with you, Chad. I think as far the implication in this article is that somebody's being deceitful. Yeah. Like it's not a real restaurant. They're pretending and it's maybe fraud. I don't know. That's sort of the yeah. implication I get. But well, I, I think to customers, like uh, to customers, this is all magic to a customer. Uh, yeah. They don't know. As, far, if the, as long as the food, from, they don't. If the price is right and the food tastes good, then what's the problem? You know, I what if you're making it like a Mexican the- restaurant is making pizza or a pizza restaurant is making barbecue? Who cares if it tastes good and the price is right? I'm not seeing a downside here. Uh, well, yeah, that's assuming the chefs are actually adept at actually making sushi in a pizza restaurant. Yeah, but if they didn't know what they were doing, the food would taste like shit, and you wouldn't order there, and it would get a low rating. That's why, like the all the apps have, you can rate the restaurant. But how many people the, are actually utilizing the rating system, and how many people are abusing that rating system in the wrong way? Um, but that there's been a lot on that subject. And here's mm-hmm. another thing: with Grubhub trying to expand their virtual brand game into things like Master Chef Kitchen and TikTok Kitchens, I think they're trying to kind of corner restaurants if you're going to have a virtual brand you got to go through us and we will provide it all for you and expand their brand that way mm-hmm. all right well let's I let's move on if, if you do if you do a if you do a thumbnail for this story you need to use the ghostbuster with the no <laughs> ghost as the ghost kitchen no nah, this isn't an interesting enough story to for its own but uh here is a part three of our Grubhub launch disaster in New York City. So we talked about this last week, and we're going to talk about this again, how Grubhub's free launch promotion actually costs restaurants money. All right, so I'm just to recap. They did a free $15 credit in New York City and surrounding areas from 11 to 2 last Tuesday, and it was just a total disaster because the restaurants weren't prepared. This, By the way, this is a stock image, not from the news. Anyway, if you tend to think uh, New Yorkers is angry, imagine how things went when thousands of them jumped on Grubhub's free lunch promotion only to find themselves lunch free. That's pretty much the upshot of Grubhub's offer of $15 off the price of lunch on May 17th, which went off the rails due to technical difficulties and questionable business judgment as Grubhub kept promoting the deal even amid the ensuing chaos and the poignant reality, humans simply cannot do what cannot be done which in this case was to keep up with the demand Grubhub's promotion inspired. As a result, some restaurants ended up having to shut down during the promotion. Uh, for many of those that stayed operational amid the chaos, the increase in orders did not translate into an increase in cash flow, but rather flat-out losses. Even though it was our busiest day ever, we made less money, one restaurant owner told Eater, explaining that at his restaurant, the average lunch order dropped by around $10, presumably in an effort by customers to keep their free lunch free. And then there were the refunds that restaurants were forced to issue when food was not delivered, not to mention the astounding food waste. Now that all is said and done, Grubhub is set to do it all over again on May 31st. 
However, this next promotion is for $5 off as opposed to free lunch. But everyone knows free doesn't actually exist. So not much to say that we didn't say the last few times, but I will say, as I've said, if it, I'm not saying Grubhub is trying to put themselves out of business, but if they're not, I just, I can't tell the difference. <laughs> Wash, rinse, repeat. It's happening on May 31st. Um, yeah, but it's only five bucks off. So it's like a yeah, coupon. So it's not the same thing. Um, yeah. They need to do Uber thing... Cash. That solves that problem. Nah, Uber? I don't know if Uber well, actually give... applies to Grubhub, though. Yeah, what are you talking about? I get Uber Cash. I get Uber Cash on my Uber Eats. Isn't that what they call it? For Uber Eats, they give me cash. Oh, you mean Maybe like credit? Express thing. Oh, yeah, like points. Yeah. yeah, it's called Uber Cash, and then I get a little. So it's in my bank. Oh, just like a reward system. And then system. I can use yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I don't Uber's think, uh... got a solid got a solid uh, program for loyalty as opposed to DoorDash and Grubhub. I don't think they have any kind of loyalty program like that. Yeah, That's I why I've Uber never used Grubhub as, as a customer, so I don't know. I think uh, this is the point where uh, Uber is starting to differentiate from Grubhub and DoorDash. But going back to the Grubhub story, um, this goes to a point that I, I forget where I read this. If someone says they want all of like how like how much customer volume can you actually handle all of it? No, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> um, you got to figure out what the customer capacity can realistically be because again, a lot of people forget that as convenient as these apps are, they are still operated by human beings, not automated systems. Like you can't automate food like that and expect it to have the quality of a restaurant. So if you're going to set up promotions, it can't be a too good to be true concept like like free lunch or something like that. Discounted lunch, okay, that makes sense. Free lunch, you're going to cause more harm than good. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take our second break. Uh for Maximo, and we'll be back in 55 seconds. Meet Joe. He's a rideshare driver that drives for Uber and Lyft. Joe currently uses multiple phones to efficiently drive for Uber and Lyft. But this can be a pain at times and very unsafe. That was until Joe found Maximo, the rideshare app that automates Uber and Lyft ride requests. Maximo will use the filters set by Joe, like time, distance, and passenger rating, to determine which rides are best suited for Joe. When a ride request comes in, Joe doesn't need to worry. Maximo will automatically accept the ride request that matches his filters, and then turn off the app that isn't currently on a ride. Once Joe finishes the ride, Maximo will turn everything back on. This will allow Joe to focus more on his passengers and driving safe. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Maximo, the Maximo ad sounds pretty cool, actually. Hmm. I, I can't believe I didn't get back in time. <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying, Steve? Five seconds. Uh, the Maximo, about the Maximo. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it only works on Android, so 
Not to mention uh, but show. Get yourself a cheap Android phone off uh, Craigslist or uh, a bodega or something like that. <laughs> Actually, I'm not a huge fan of Android, even though like I know it's open source and you can do so much more with it than you can do with iPhone because Android is developed by Google and Google is just spying on on us. There was a, I, I forget the name. Of, there was an episode of Joe Rogan. It was a few months ago where he had a guy on that explained explained all this. This is why I don't use Google Chrome. I use Brave. Um, check out that episode of, uh, it's going to take me forever to find it, but I mean, he was on Rogan like three or four oh, months yeah. ago. Sure, Leo, show the whole world your butt. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're going to get into the fun stories now. Uh, we got a couple uh, viral videos or whatever. This first one uh, is my first time seeing it. So this is, I'm going to be, I don't know if you guys watch this or not, but this is going to be my natural reaction. So this is from the Daily Dot. If guys did this to a girl Uber driver, it would be on the news. Male driver films himself getting hit on by female passengers who get in car sparking debate. All right. So hopefully you guys can hear this. I'm going to try to turn it up as much as I can. Whoops. That's it. That was nothing. <laughs> I don't see what was so outrageous about that. If you want to see something outrageous, watch on my channel, the oldest video on this channel. It's called A Very Sexy Scandalous Uber Ride. Uh, which is a whole like five, eight minute ride that I gave to these two drunk girls. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, this was. Thanks. Was gonna Daily Dot you. is usually on point with these so called viral videos, but this one was just dumb. I was going to ask down. you if you've ever been hit on, if you've been hit on doing gig work by the customer. Yeah, watch that video. <laughs> All right. uh, a handful of times. I just. Um... I'm just never interested in the person that's hitting on me. That's that's <laughs> kind of the thing. Um, but TikTok has been like one thing that's been happening on TikTok a lot is the concept of gender equality from both guy side and girl side, like men's mental health, women's mental health and all that. That's all that's been a raving thing. So. Uh, it's like what let's say a guy did the exact same thing would it end up on the news i mean sure but i don't think anything too outrageous was done or maybe if there was something outrageous it would never make it to tiktok because that would get taken down due to their community guidelines i don't know brianna said if a group of guys asked me to give a lap dance it would totally not be okay so yeah this isn't okay either that's but true too she doesn't do rideshare driving though, but um, yeah, I mean, it's just when you're in the business of hauling around drunk people, like this is going to happen. So, I mean, it's yeah. like, you can't, if you're going to drive Saturday and Friday nights from like 10 to two, like, I don't care if you're 80 years old or 20, like this stuff's going to happen. <laughs> you know, most people who need rides at those hours uh, are probably drunk people and, or they're under the influence of something. So, Mm. Oh, um, people flirt could, with you how terrible yeah 
but they can also be that definitely boosted that guy's ego though because i'll tell you what guys don't get hit on nearly as much as girls hit get hit on (laughs) that's that's just factually accurate (laughs) oh man the npcs are gonna descend on this video the npcs yeah yeah i mean the daily dot is their whole demographic is the woke left npc but it is good for the occasional funny viral video Mm. or at least to to show us what they're talking about on tiktok because i am really not a fan of tiktok but you know that's where the audience is so we gotta cater to them gotta roll with the times anyway let's move on to another so-called shocking rideshare story this is from newsweek newsweek is like the classy daily dot so um this is the problem with this is that it's all text, no video. So a female Uber passenger claimed that her driver led her into a precarious and potentially dangerous situation, eventually leading to her walking home barefoot on a highway. The writer Catherine sent out a tweet from her handle at LaFabulous underscore on Saturday that has been liked over 119,000 times. She said that during a ride on Friday night, her driver got off an exit early, but when she told him that it was the wrong place to get off, he continued to drive into the park. He started to slow down and park behind another white car with tinted windows and its engine on. I immediately jumped out the car, and as soon as I did, the car in front sped off, and my Uber car followed behind it. I literally had to walk barefoot on the highway until I got home safe. Uh, the woman claimed that both Uber and local police neglected to help her, the latter of which allegedly said they couldn't provide aid because she wasn't harmed. The user never said where this incident occurred. Now the driver is on the loose, giving other people rides, putting other people in danger. The writer never shared where the incident took place, although Uber told Newsweek that the incident occurred in New York City and the situation has been resolved. What the writer describes as alarming, the spokesperson said, we deactivated the driver and we are staying ready to assist law enforcement with their investigation. Um, I don't know. I'm. It's not that I'm waving a bullshit flag on this one, but I'm just wondering how you. every single person has a camera on their person at all times now and there's no photo, not even a picture. It's all just some person's text on or and tweets you know so um come on lady you gotta you gotta you gotta get a little bit of like this is a a visually oriented internet you know it's not just hearsay so Mm. i mean i I, this is absolutely 100 plausible but same thing with the last one this is really anticlimactic it's not really if nobody was hurt, it sounds like this driver was like really, and also you're only hearing one side of the story as is always the case with these types of yeah. viral posts. Um, who knows what, what actually happened? happened. Yeah. They, they, she just says that she, I guess she was like in such a rush home. to get out of the car. She just, and also why would she take her, why would you take your shoes off in a stranger's car? That's gross. I feel like there's a lot more going on here than what is just being said here. Uh, yeah. let's let's get right down to it and at, you know what the worst part is let's say that guy just decided you know what not gonna make a social media post out of it i'm just gonna take the l and be a mature adult about it and whatever happened happened yeah and yet she did the opposite and that's what gets him deactivated this is why you need like dash cam footage and everything yeah. and Unfortunately, people are guilty until they're found innocent these days and not innocent until proven guilty. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's move on. This one I thought was really amazing. So this is it's from The Sun, which is a British tablet. So take this with a grain of salt, obviously. 
Um, but a lot of it, what they're t- reporting here is like you can just see with your own eyes. So mm-hmm. cash and dash. I quit my job after making $1,500 a week on DoorDash. People question my earnings, but all it takes is three tricks. A woman. I love how they put woman in all caps. A woman seems <laughs> to be making an average of $15 <laughs> per week delivering food through DoorDash using certain tips and tricks. Uh, got us. The woman Roxanne said in TikTok. So you can see the screenshots here of uh, her uh, earnings on uh, DoorDash. You can see like 1900 1700 7, like almost getting close to $2,000 a week. And um, I do have uh, her TikTok pulled up here. I mean, there isn't really much to see. I mean, we quit our jobs. This is what we make just on DoorDash. This is weekly, not including Uber Eats. Yeah, it's only 13 seconds. And then if you go to her, um, oh, I already have hold up. So here's her uh, TikTok. And uh, this must be a different channel. No, that's. I, right. I saw other ones where she had. No, this is, this has got to be different ones. These only have a couple hundred views, and there's other no, videos I, where she had like hundred. I've done 000. a video on this. I know that the, okay. you're on the right channel. You're on the okay. right channel. So did she delete a bunch of videos, or? Am I so just looking... her channel was originally based on faith-based content, uh, Christian values, and all that, and uh-huh. she started DoorDash and took and calling DoorDash this huge blessing. She's also oh, a Cal- yeah, she's also a California driver and with Prop 22 assisting her, she would be making a lot of really good money and she's talking about how all of that money ha- like that w- outside of Uber Eats has been really helping her stay afloat during when she quit their jobs pretty much. <laughs> um but in California, it's a completely different market. You are going to make, if you work, work seven days a week, you are going to make that easily more than 1500 a week with Prop 22, with all Yeah, because you're guaranteed, tips. it's like $24 yeah. an hour or something. Exactly. I, I went also, my, my, okay, so that, uh, the video we were just showing, actually, I'll show it on screen again. You can see in the corner right here, 2.8 yeah. million views. Move, dude. Yep. Um, <laughs> My, um, I might say like, you know, maybe some of that is like referral bonuses and they never, she didn't really say what the three tips are, but, um, yeah, right. also coming from like the, the YouTube side compared to TikTok, you know, where TikTok is like super, super short attention span. Like mm. this, I want to see like a YouTube, like, you know, nug style ride along. This lady shows how they're making, uh, $1,500 a week doing DoorDash because that is not even remotely feasible in Orlando um, unless like you're just getting referrals right and left. And actually, I think DoorDash caps your referrals at like 10 a year or something like that, don't they? I don't even try to get the referrals <laughs> on DoorDash anymore because they'd never give them to me at all. And hmm. I that's, uh, that's a and, whole different problem in itself. Um, another... Another thing that I kind of question this lady about is like, if this is supposed to be like a faith-based TikToker or whatever, is that um, what about the uh, the seven deadly sins of like greed and pride, you know, showing like showing how much money you're making, like being like that kind of like mm-hmm. rapper thing where you're just, you know, making it, you know, not literally, rain, but yeah. Vainglory. Um, yeah. Um, 
that that makes me question of just like you know well first of all you know you're you're making the money too like uh, and also how many other people in california are making fifteen hundred dollars a week i don't know if john McCallion's watching but i mean he we need we need like a california insider who can explain this because yeah like 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 you were saying joe they have prop 22 which is basically a guaranteed minimum salary and also I think you can double and triple dip. So you could run Uber Eats, Grubhub, DoorDash all at the same time, yeah. take one order an hour, and like you're guaranteed at what is it, like $18 an hour or something like that? Something like that. Yeah. Joe's probably, I, I think I, I agree with Joe. I, you know, they don't say in the sun that they made, when I read that story last night, mm -hmm. first thing I looked for was where does she live? Because if you travel around, if you travel around and pull up the apps, that you work at home, you'll see radically different pay rates. I was oh, in yeah. Hawaii last year. I went to Hawaii last year and opened up Instacart. Good grief. You know, <laughs> the batches started at $50. Yeah, um, well, so, yeah. I but mean, also California, the cost of living in Hawaii Cali is so cost high. Cost of living in California. I mean, the cost of living in Hawaii, actually. It's, it's astronomical. It, it, yeah. In Hawaii, Whenever you live. Yeah, Whenever you, you live in an island, or twenty dollars. Actually, I think the cost of living in Alaska is pretty much the same as Hawaii because they're so remote. Because mm -hmm. you have to pay yeah. the cost to the send goods out there is you know insane. That's everything's true. flown in. Everything's flown in. But yeah, you know you can you can do so. Like I live in Dallas, and people on the on the chat groups are always like, "Wow, look at the rates in New York City." You know these pay rates yeah. are all commensurate with the location you live in. Hmm. So I'm sure she's totally, you know, just follow her three steps and mm -hmm. you, can, you can do, yeah. you can do well. I'm glad it's worked for her. Yeah. yeah well, the three I'm steps is live in California, live in California, live in California. No, 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 that's not true. It's live in California, sign up for all three apps and then triple dip. That is the yeah. three steps. Um, well, but we were only seeing her, her um, DoorDash screenshots we didn't even see uber eats or grubhub yeah she wasn't even including uber eats in her uh mm -hmm. that particular tiktok um but that being said in california it's a totally different you want to know why uber lyft or all these companies are losing so much money is because of this yeah california the and the workers the the gig workers alone are mm -hmm. bleeding these companies try because they're entitled to freaking 24 30 dollar base pay an hour or whatever it is yeah. yeah come to come to orlando see if you can make half as much as that crazy so. legs is actually in orlando he's checking in i don't think he's yeah. making well actually he could be i don't know crazy legs let us know if you're making over 1500 a week yeah unless unless you're willing to work like 18 hours a day just wake up go work come home go to bed so you're making fifteen hundred dollars a week? No, I'm not. I'm just right. working that hard. <laughs> All right, let's let's go to our last story from Hip Hop That's DX. That's two hundred fifteen dollars today. This is where I get all my news from. T Pain responds to Uber driver who said he didn't tip. So I'm just gonna play the uh, the TikTok here. Guys, I got a pretty cool one for you today. <laughs> So this person posted, my mom drove T-Pain and his lady friends around two nights in a row while Ubering. They drank up her free mini bar and didn't tip. Okay, so here we go. Uh, we had two days off um, on the tour 
And uh, my wife wanted to go visit her old Air Force base in Biloxi, Mississippi. So I was like, you know what? Let's just spend the two days in Biloxi, Mississippi. They got casinos and shit. We can go chill and shit. So um, let me tell you how much I know about the Uber community in fucking Biloxi. Uh, on weekdays, there's only five XL drivers. And here's how I know because I met them all. There's uh, Nathaniel and his wife. They both drive XL Ubers. There's Mildred and her best friend. They both drive XL Ubers. And there's Mark. Um, I, I'd say this, and I know them, because every time somebody in my crew got an Uber, it was one of them people. So my first <laughs> Uber that I got was Nathaniel. Nathaniel, cool driver. He was good. He did his thing. He did his job. He fucking picked us up, took us to a food spot. I tipped him $10. Um, it was a it was a five minute drive. It was a nine dollar ride. I tipped them ten dollars. Boom, right? Um, we ate. I got Uber again. Guess who's fucking there? Nathaniel. Because he didn't leave the goddamn parking lot. I've done that again. Boom. When we get in Nathaniel's car this time, this time he says, "You know what, Payne? If you just want me to drive you around all day, bro, I'll cut this. I'll cut this Uber shit off, and just you know hit me with whatever you can." And I'll just drive you around all day. I was like, oh, you mean taking cash I'll rides? Car center or something like that. We'll drive around. All right, cool. Cut Uber shit off. What's your cash out? Boom. Gave Nathaniel $200. $200 right there in the card. I didn't even know where I wanted to go yet. Gave $200. <laughs> um, Nathaniel never cut the fucking Uber thing off. So when he dropped us back off at the hotel after our, after our little ride, uh, it was $60 more. I told, I told my homeboy Los about the shit, and he was like, you know what? you don't get no more Ubers. Because I got my picture on my Uber profile, so when they pick me up, they don't think it's like a fake T-Pain or some shit. Um, he said, you don't get no more Uber drivers. You're fine. You just stop. We'll get all the Ubers. Um, cool. That's $260 on Ubers on my first fucking day that I got there. Like, we were there for like an hour, and I had already spent $260 on Uber. They were <laughs> like, no, you can't do that. Now, uh, comes nighttime, and we want to go to like a Hard Rock Casino, some shit like that. We hit Uber again. Guess who shows up? Good old Mildred. Um, also, my mom drove T-Pain and his lady friends around for two nights. My lady friends were my wife and my assistant and literally four other guys. So don't try to paint this like it's just T-Pain and some bitches riding around. <laughs> trying to do it was my wife and my assistant and six and fucking four other guys and more guys in another Uber. Hold on. All right. Well, it said part one, so I'm assuming there's other parts, but uh, I'm not gonna look. There's what three or four parts here, so I'm not I'm not gonna play them all. But kind of kind of a funny story. Although I have a question. What's, what was most shocking what, to me Uber is XL? that's when you have uh, four. That's when you get a a, a mini a van or an car, SUV. Yeah, because yeah, if you have, well, actually now it's since they since COVID changed, but. Uh, like you get Uber X, which was before COVID, you could have up to four riders, but now then it was three riders because you couldn't sit in the front seat, but now they let people sit in the front seat again. So if you have, but also if you have like, when I pick people up at the airport and this happened to me a week or two ago, um, I picked up an Indian family at the airport. So it was a mom, dad, and two kids. And then also all their luggage, they really should have had an XL. They should have went for a minivan because uh, they're in my car like just squeezed in there with like no room. Mm. Um, anyway, um, not much else to say about that story. I mean, link in the show notes, if you want to watch all the other videos and if you're a real big T-Pain fan, I'm not, uh, 
Well, I have another question. So what is the rule for Mildred? Did Mildred go on to social media and single out one of her, an Uber customer for not tipping? And I is, missed it. Is, is Uber okay <laughs> with that? Is Uber okay with that? And he I, said I, um, he said something about Nathaniel would just you just give him two hundred bucks cash to just drive him around all day, which uh, is technically I don't know if it's illegal, but it's definitely against Uber's terms of service. You can't take cash rides like that, and not that yeah, um, like not that I care or whatever. But I, um, I just wanted to share that story since it went viral. You know, pop culture, but hmm. what the kids today are into. <laughs> well, first off. Good for that driver that good for those uh, five drivers that get to drive around celebrities because I've never had the pleasure of driving around a celebrity. I'll tell you what. Um, but. Yeah, I just missed the <laughs> point. Uh, maybe I just missed the point. Like what exactly was the problem with T-Pain in all of this? Like well, what he... you're just talking about how T-Pain is using Uber. No, no, he was saying no, the Mildred, drivers Mildred, were Mildred saying he didn't said, tip. Mildred said he didn't tip and they drank and they drank all her liquor. <laughs> I doubt that's actually the case. That seems like <laughs> yeah. satire because he said he was tipping. Like Yeah, well it's he these Orlando. Gossipy. He didn't you know. It's these gossipy uh, pop culture stories, you know? Yeah, well... this tabloid fodder, so... It is tabloid fodder. Yeah. You, oh, my gosh. Anyways. Uh, it seems like a good place to, to wrap. Yeah. All uh, right. Like D-Pain? Well, <laughs> W-R-A-P. Where's that Grub Warp guy who oh. I always thinks is Grub Rap? But anyway... Uh, let's, I guess that's a good place to end it. We've been going over 80 minutes and it's funny cause I, I started doing the show on Mondays and, and Thursdays. So I was like, let's spread the news out so we can get the show done in like 45 minutes instead of, and we've been going 60, 80, 90 minutes sometimes. Mm. So, uh, another reason to download the audio podcast and you can just listen on your own time and you can listen at two X speed, which is what I do. Um, some of those Rogan episodes that go four or five hours, I'll listen at three X speed cause mm. they're so long. I mean, it's just people talking, you know, it, yeah. all it does is really just cut the, the silence in between words and sentences. Anyway, Joe, you got any uh, big things coming up or just your usual um... uh, live stream on my channel tonight? I'm not really a hundred percent sure which topic I'm doing, but there will be a live stream tonight and um, not too much else other than just making the normal content as I am making. Steve, anything to promote? Shop like a pro. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I haven't. Uh, so check out Shop Like a Pro. There's chapters on doing your taxes, on buying a car, on shopping, running a business, all that. So mm. I forget. Are you in with a corner shop? No, Steve, no, but a lot of my yeah. friends do corner shop. A lot do that now. Did you apply they for switched it? Switched from Instacart. Oh, you should. Corner shop is paying way, way, way better than Instacart. Hmm. And mm -hmm. and the customers tip really, really well on there, at least for me. So 
Um, I, I don't, there's no reason the act. Well, I will say the app itself is awful, but you know, they're, they're making improvements to it, but you know, just get onto it. You'll make, I'm making way more money with corner shop than I am with Instacart. Well, well, maybe I should kind of quantify that because like there's less orders, but the quantity of them is way better. Like the, the payout just right out the yeah. gate is, is the base pay makes it work. And it's kind of like shipped how you get tipped after delivery. So when the offer comes in, like you're just basing it on like, as if it was like a grub dash eats order, you know, is the, the payout, the base pay for the, the work alone worth it. And like nine times out of 10, it is like my acceptance rate on corner shop is like 90, 95% because that's how good the offers oh. are. And the corner shops like, uh, how Instacart used to be. It's not an open free-for-all queue. It's they assign the order to you and you can accept or decline it. By the way, link to my corner shop affiliate in the in the show notes. So ah, click on yeah, that, okay. Every, mm. Everybody sign up for corner shop. Well, uh, I may be in Austin for a couple of weeks coming up mm -hmm. soon. So that's well, my other big news. Driving or flying? I just seeing friends. No, but I do drive. I mean, or I'll fly. be there. How, how long does it take to get there? It's a it's a three it's a three hour drive from Dallas. Oh, okay. I thought it was like eight hours, or is that Houston? Hmm. Houston's like no, eight hours. Houston huh? would be Houston's three and a half. Oh, uh, so and what am I thinking? Of? Uh, Austin. I don't know. It'd take eight hours to get to Phoenix, El Paso. <laughs> oh, okay. That's, that's how that's big Texas is. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thanks a lot for doing the show, guys. I will be back on Monday night with Hannibal and Luis Berte, who is also oh. in Texas out of Houston. Uh, mm. So check that out. Um, I and actually my well. And I didn't do a, an interview show this past Tuesday. I might not do one this coming week either because my parents are coming to visit me next week. So I don't All even right. know. We might not have this show next week. So we'll play it by ear. I'll, right. I will let you know either way. Okay. All right. Thanks out there for everybody who's watching, and I will see you real soon. Bye. Next time. Bye, Joe. Bye, Chad. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye.